The key is how do I get that data and how do I get it simply and keep the integrity of the data. Welcome everyone to the Operation Automation Podcast by Omron, where we are talking all things factory automation. My name is Carrie Lee. I'm the product manager for Sysmax Studio, NJ NX Controllers, and NXIO. I've been with Omron for about two and a half years and have about 15 years of experience in automation. Sitting here with me is Kenny Heidel. Hi everyone, I'm Kenny Heidel and I'm a national account manager focusing on channel engagement. I've been with Omron for over three years now and have 12 years of combined factory and industrial automation experience. Kenny and I are neighbors at our Omron office and would often have conversations at the coffee machine or in the hallways where we would talk about products, new technologies and trends, and of course, the Chicago White Sox. We hope to recreate that time here in our podcast and share it with listeners so that you can learn along with us. So whether you are pouring yourself the first or fifth coffee of the day, driving to your first appointment, or walking the dog, we hope to help you start your day off right with a little fun, and hopefully you'll learn something new. So why don't we jump right into our our first topic today, Uh, the main topic of this episode, looking at, as you so eloquently dubbed it, the IIoT alphabet soup and the the acronym world of IIoT, which you spend a lot more time in, I think, than than I do. Yes. Yeah, kind of in your own words, you know, how do you define IIoT, Carrie? Sure. So to me, it's kind of the combination of the traditional plant floor level, combining the new technologies that are emerging in data and analytics. So what we're really doing is there's a lot of data on the plant floor and how do we turn that data into information that is usable by people both uh, manning the manufacturing line as well as people making business related decisions and data analysts. Yeah, it does seem like that that data has always been available, right? It's right. more of actually using it to make actionable decisions. Yeah, exactly. Now that it's so, quite frankly, cheap to store a lot of information, it makes it easier to start to bring in people who are experts and can take a big chunk of data and start to recognize trends and, and pinpoint different areas, either for improvement in a manufacturing floor or um, even try to tie things better uh, to like an existing ERP system, start to manage, you know, trends based on season or geography and see what's happening, comparing different um, areas of an organization. Very true. Very true. How does Omron really support IIoT, you know, especially since a lot of your products tend to to lean that direction? How do do we help uh, support those types of initiatives? Sure. So we have a really great solution for it based on the Sysmac platform. And there's a couple reasons why. One is, um, and I'm sure you're probably sick of hearing me talk about it too, but <laughs> EtherCAT, right? It gives us a really good resolution and granularity of data because it goes so fast and makes it easy to connect and get the information. And then because we have the Sysmac platform with all the different disciplines of control, so whether it's vision systems, servos, sensors, anything, all that information is right there in your one program. So it's really easy to have one point of access to pull all that data out. And then we have a lot of different technologies such as embedded SQL clients, OPC UA, and um, function blocks for other protocols like MQTT that make it really easy to get that information out of that one spot efficiently and keeping the integrity of the data. 
Well, I'm glad you brought some of my other favorite acronyms up. So <laughs> continuing with alphabet soup side, you know, you mentioned OPCUA, you mentioned MQTT. Can you you tell me, you know, imagine that I I know nothing about it. You know, what a what's the difference between the two and also kind of what does it what does it help enable? Sure. Uh, so let's start with OPCUA. So OPCUA came from it's an organization. So there's the OPCUA organization, and it's all about having all the different vendors have an easy way to communicate with each other on the plant floor. So it's really coming from the industrial space, and it combines both a protocol, so a certain way of communicating data, and then also some standards for how we're going to address data points within a controller. And all of these things are with the focus of how can we have a uniform way to communicate regardless of my platform. It also makes it easy to communicate to like an iOS or Android, uh, Linux, Microsoft. So it's a way to kind of really easily communicate between devices on the plant floor and then also with non-industrial technologies. All right, so you you hit OPCUA really well. Uh, talk to me a little bit about MQTT. Sure, so MQTT stands for Message Queuing Telemetry Transport. And this actually is more um, prevalent in just the standard IoT world. So if I'm communicating to all my smart devices in a consumer world, people are using MQTT quite a bit. There's some people who are excited to use it in the manufacturing floor, and for a couple reasons. The term you'll hear a lot of people say is that it's really light. So what that means is um, I don't have to have a lot of headers or add a lot of extra information to my message in order to direct it where to go. So for like a mobile network where you may have spotty communication, it makes it easier because you're not bogging it down. And MQTT uses a broker. So you have a broker that kind of manages the, the traffic. And so then you'll have different devices that send information to the broker and then you can, the other devices subscribe to it. So kind of think of like your RSS feed, if you ever did any of that, or tell Google what you're interested in. So if you think about a bunch of information being shared, maybe a certain part of the plant does not care what's happening. You know, let's say I'm making bread in my dough section doesn't really care if there's temperature changes in the oven because it really doesn't affect how I'm mixing the dough. So that section of the plant doesn't have, chooses not to subscribe to any information that's on that oven side because it's not pertinent. But perhaps the oven side, it's very important to let the HVAC system know, right? So then they may subscribe to the temperature of the oven so that they can manage the uh, the temperature on the plant floor. So it's it's a pub sub message protocol that allows you to, like I said, keep the data light and then also only see and share what's pertinent to the specific device or process. And it kind of adds to the the ease of implementation, right? You, there's not a lot of uh, network infrastructure you have to add to be able to use MQTT because it is lightweight, right? Yep. So there's a little more work upfront. So OPC UA, you can go out and kind of search and see what other devices are on there. With MQTT, you kind of have to know what else is there and do a little bit more setup. But it's really nice if you have a customer who has some homegrown stuff. So maybe they've got their own IoT system. If you tell them that we can communicate through MQTT, they'll be very excited because it's low cost, lightweight, and they're probably already using it for other areas. Gotcha. Gotcha. So now looking at both of these, you know, based on your experience, what do you kind of see more prevalent in the market? Which, uh, what customers are using uh, for their IAOT solutions? 
So OPCUA, I like to say, you know, you almost have to have it available in some of your controllers. All of our competitors have it, sort of a check the box. It's it's a big buzz in our industry. The neat thing that we have is we don't charge extra for it. It's just available on certain devices. As far as MQTT, a lot of times that's going to be for more off the plant, right? So OPCUA is going to be focused more industry and then MQTT. A lot of times, like I said, more of the IoT stuff. Um, there are some SCADA manufacturers like Ignition who actually use MQTT. Um, and I believe we can do it with Indisoft as well. But OPCUA, definitely more industry heavy. MQTT, a little newer and a little more niche. Gotcha, gotcha. So I guess if, you know, if I was a customer coming to Omron and I was trying to say, you know, how do I even get into this IoT space? I know I have some of this data, but but how do I, what, what's a good way, a nice entry level way to maybe, you know, tip my, tip my toe in the water a little bit in the IIoT side? Sure. Um, and I think that is a question many of our customers have and struggle to answer. So it's a good question. I would say, you know, basically, if you kind of think about the first thing you want to do is get information to understand what's happening. And then from there, you can start to pinpoint potential areas that you could affect. And then on top of that, then that's where you may even leverage IoT technologies more to change a process or to monitor a specific thing. So maybe if you know that there is, you know, I like to think about like a Pareto analysis. So if you talk to a plant manager and you say, what's one thing that could have the biggest impact if you could prevent it from happening or if you could affect? So maybe they say, you know, I have downtime, uh, every time I switch materials on my mm -hmm. packaging machine, if I could minimize that, I could save a ton of money. Or maybe when I'm doing that, I'm causing a ton of scrap. So then from there, we try to look and see, okay, what's happening during this process? And can we start to see any sort of trends or things like that from a plant floor? From a broader perspective, so data analytics, that's where you may be sending more information and they're starting to use algorithms to start to identify trends you may not even see. And that gotcha. may come more from an analytics team to direct it. And that does definitely seem to be a growing market, right? With third-party analytics companies offering to to help those companies that maybe don't have the resources to do that full data analysis, right? Are you seeing things like that? Absolutely. And it makes sense, too, if you think about like the food and bev and consumer packaged goods, they're used to using analytics for their marketing and their pricing. Mm -hmm. So now they're kind of shifting that. So they'll have their own in-house analytics teams. And so that's always an interesting one because they may want to get data out of that plant floor. And then you have some resistance from the OT side who is like, hey, stay out of my control system. Don't fix what's not broken. I don't want you messing around in my controller, right? So one thing we can do is kind of help them manage that. And that's where, you know, leveraging our NX7 or NX102 as either OPCUA or SQL uh, data aggregators, we've had a lot of success there because it says, you know, we kind of say, hey, we can talk to everybody, right? Whether mm -hmm. it's via OPCUA or just over Ethernet IP, we can pull pertinent information and then we can easily and securely send that to whether it's a local server or a cloud for an analytics team to look at without letting them touch their control system. Sure. So it's a nice solution. Yeah, OT definitely, uh, from my experience as well, they're they're very protective of their, their data. They have a lot of it, but they want to keep it very, very safe, right? Yes. Well, you kind of touched on it a little bit too. Um, do, 
on the cloud storage idea, do you see a lot of customers using cloud storage for some of this data that's coming up from the OT side? Uh, do you see it more local servers, especially with kind of the, you know, data protection feelings from customers? What are you kind of seeing? In my opinion, I think there's um, a time and a place for both. So, you know, we talk a lot about the edge because we have really good edge solutions. And the nice part about the edge is it allows you to react in that real time. And so you can kind of analyze data and make changes immediately. So that's like kind of what we do with our AI controller, right? We recognize there's an anomaly. We go into a pre-programmed alternate run mode that allows us to respond immediately to changes on the plant floor. The mm -hmm. downside of that is when you're looking at something on the edge in that real time, you're looking at a small slice, right? So if you want to look at larger trends, maybe seasonality, for example, or, you know, I'm Frito-Lay and I want to know why Cheetos taste different in Brazil than they do uh, the ones made in Indiana. And so I can start to say, hey, maybe there's some humidity effects or maybe, you know, and you can start to analyze uh, on a broader scale. And that's where the cloud or, or the term fog so fog is just a little <laughs> closer than a cloud. It's a local sure. server. So to me, it's what am I trying to look at? Am I trying to keep my plant or my my piece of equipment protected or uh, protect my process, keep everything up and running? That's where the edge is really impactful. Because if you think about the time it takes to send something up to the cloud, analyze it and send it back down, you could already have destroyed a really expensive piece of equipment or mm. wasted a ton of product, right? So on the edge, we want to respond in that real time. But if I want to look at things from a broader perspective, the cloud's really valuable. One other note on the cloud, the customers, depending on your customer, they may not want the cloud, right? Mm -hmm. They may have proprietary reasons. They don't trust the cloud. They have um, other IT reasons that say, hey, we're not letting our data leave. So that's where, again, having a total edge solution makes a lot of sense for them. Sure. I was just about to ask you and you answered that was uh, kind of what's our what's our combative to that when you have customers that are saying like, I don't I don't want a cloud. I don't I don't want any of my data leaving. Um, I ask them when they want to talk about the AI controller and we have an awesome opportunity because many of our competitors, even if they have an edge device, they require mm -hmm. some sort of connectivity for um, licensing or updates or anything. We can truly stay on the edge. There was a customer who came in and they won't even let salespeople in the door. There's like one room you can stand in. And mm -hmm. they came to talk and look at our AI controller because it it is the most secure option for them to start to leverage machine learning because there's no need to connect at all to the cloud or that anywhere is, else. That is pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right. So if there, if you were looking at the IIoT alphabet soup, are there any other acronyms we should uh, touch on? Um, obviously, for our listeners, OT, operational technology, IT, yeah. information technology. Any others that you can think of? Um, we hit OPC way. We hit MQTT, SQL. Um, so SQL or SQL. So that one. One thing I think a lot of times people think when we talk about SQL, it's only Microsoft SQL, right? Or mm -hmm. MySQL. SQL is actually stand, or excuse me, structured query language, and or or you'll say SQL, right? SQL or SQL. Um, sure. And there's actually like seven or eight different major providers of that, but they all use this, the same language, and so we can communicate to any of those Oracle, Firebird, and all you know several other ones. That one I think that is a huge differentiator for us. 
And it's definitely something when we start to talk about this topic, we want to make sure that we are discussing with our customers. We had a conversation a couple weeks ago with a customer who was like, the, it was like he was reading my presentation, but didn't know that it existed because he was like, it's so important to have resolution of data and mm-hmm. the timing of your controller. He's like, and, and timestamps, it's so important to have timestamps on your data. And we're like, oh, we can do that. He's like, no, that's impossible. He's like, because you got to send it through a third party. I said, no, you can communicate directly with, with a SQL uh, database directly from the controller and you can keep all that time syncing there and he didn't believe us so we had to we're setting up another call to deep dive to show him that it's possible so (laughs) i think a lot of people don't even realize that that's something we can do and it's it's huge because especially as soon as you start to talk to someone like a data analyst or data scientist if you tell them that all that data is synchronized and time stamped their eyes light up and you've just made their life so much easier because like 80% of analytics projects are spent scrubbing the data. And this gives mm-hmm. them that data point and helps them give context to all the information. Sure. Gives them a, a good starting point. Exactly. And I think I think it's a good point to make too. You know, you're talking about your customer that's going to schedule as a second call on a deep dive is IoT or IoT, however you want to phrase it, is such an overwhelming topic yes. that I think people tend to get bogged down and and don't even don't even move into doing projects mm-hmm. to take advantage of all that data because they don't even know where to start. Right. Yep. And the old uh, engineering analysis paralysis, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so we hope this uh, we hope this discussion has kind of given everybody a little bit more of an understanding of the IoT world, but also where do you start? You know, yep. what's a what's a good thing to talk about with your customers related to IoT and how we can we can help support that. I would say, you know, the one key takeaway I think at the end of the day is the important thing for IoT is to be able to get the data and have integrity. So you want to have get data with integrity and easily and we have a lot of different solutions to do that and it's a great place to start that conversation is the key is how do I get that data and how do I get it simply and keep the integrity of the data. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Carrie, because now I feel I feel even much smarter now, if that's <laughs> even a true English phrase um, on the IOT world. So I did want to take this moment because I, I did have a little trivia question for you to see if you know your IOT history. Uh-oh. So, uh, my question for you is, do you know what the first IoT device was that was ever invented? Huh. Um, and I'll first. preface this by saying, I could probably give you 10 guesses. Unless you know, I could probably give you 10 guesses and I don't think you'll figure it out. So let's think about it, right? So it's information, internet of things. So we want devices that are communicating status information out. Um, all right, give me a hint. Okay. Uh, Earlier than the 70s? It, uh, more recent than the 70s. Okay. It is a household appliance. Your thermostat? Good guess, but no. I'll give you one more and then I'll give you the answer. Right. <laughs> oh, you want me to guess? I yeah, thought you were yeah, give me yeah. another hint. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, um, nothing okay, like dead air on a podcast. <laughs> okay, second uh, second hint will be it sits on a counter. Your coffee machine. 
Also really good guess. Close. <laughs> in 1990, a toaster was connected to the internet. Really? Internet of Things device. Somebody's really worried about the browning level of that English muffin. Yeah, or you <laughs> must uh, must put your butter on that toast or whatever you put on your toast as quickly as possible after it's done. <laughs> That's awesome. I'll remember that. You could say that uh, it was Tesla because he had the original idea for a smartphone back before you even had computers. So that's my my little fun Tesla fact. We could probably have one of those every week, too. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. Now you have some good uh, trivia and fun facts for your next uh, next party. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Kenny. Thank you, everyone, for joining Carrie and me for the Operation Automation Podcast. If you have topics you'd like to hear discussed on future episodes, please send them to our email address, omrannow at omran.com, with podcast idea in the subject line. Also, if you'd like to submit a song to us, we are looking for intro and outro music options. This can be submitted to the same email. Finally, all the cool things you learn on this podcast can be found at automation.omran.com. So until next time, we put the fun in factory automation. (laughs) 